Now that's interesting that you, you talk so much about team and making your people successful and, and, and you happy when your, your team evolves and grows. Um, because you shared your MBTI profile uh, with <laughs> us. <laughs> and you are an, uh, an ISTJ, yeah. uh, also known sometimes as the inspector. And so the T part means, uh, the, the thinking part means that you're very rational. So teams and people uh, or, or the emotional side of things doesn't come necessarily natural for you. So how have you, how have you developed that? Because it's important. Uh, and, and, and the way you talk about teams, it's clear you, you're good at that now. But how have you uh, developed yourself to be good with, with teams and, 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 and with the emotional side of things? I did it through the analytical uh, yeah, starting point. Mm -hmm. My first merger was uh, Millennium, so uh, we made a big merger, three banks to one bank, um, and this first two years it was it was like a shark tank. Everyone wants to survive, and it was <laughs> shark tank. it was really frustrating. So after this two years, after this awful culture, I got a new boss. We got a new boss, uh, and he started the change program. Mm -hmm. And when he started this change program, uh, first of my life, I got an intense training uh, about leadership, about team building, about change management. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and remember, when I was 33, I was 10 years in business, I was 15 years in business, I was 10 years as a leader, and I had no idea at all what's about teams and what's about change management and what is important. Um, and it took me two years to understand what they tried to tell me that is important. So it wasn't uh, natural that I went for it uh, when they told me that this is important. But then I understood how, how powerful and humanic this is to understand people that they are different, that they have different needs and uh, that you can't motivate people. Uh, your job is don't motivate, demotivate them uh, and how you observe it uh, when you demotivate them. So yeah. read between, uh, between the lines. Uh, so I trained this analytically. Uh, I read a lot of books uh, since then. Okay. So, and it's, it's not, uh, it's really powerful to understand this, to understand people. It's really powerful. And that's always for the people, not in one second against them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk a bit about the other aspects of your MBTI profile. So you are uh, an I, so you're more introvert than extrovert. What does that mean in your case? Uh, I love one-to-ones mm -hmm. more than uh, bigger, uh, bigger parties. Uh, as you told, uh, I'm from Baden. It's near the uh, French uh, border. We love to drink a glass of wine. So I love this one-to-ones. Uh, so I... Uh, I don't prefer pop concerts. Uh, I prefer classical ones where I have my own seat, where I have my own space. So I love the one-to-ones. Uh, so you prefer a glass of wine with a, with a small group than yeah. the beer fest in Munich? Absolutely. <laughs> I was once in Munich. <laughs> once. <laughs> I just stopped it and I went home at 10 o'clock. So, uh -huh. But I think it's better way. I, I go home at uh, 20, uh, 10 o'clock and they, uh, they make party. Okay. So, yeah. And that's, um, yes, I'm, I'm an introvert. Um, I know the strength and its weakness, mm -hmm. so I know my strengths in the one-to-ones, uh, and talk between the lines, listen between the lines, and understand them, yeah, really by heart, what 
their needs uh, needs are. And then yep. with my analytical skill, that's that's a T. I put this uh, things together and uh, have an idea what should be done, could be done uh, to uh, yeah empower the people. Yeah, the ISDJs. Yeah. If I uh, I research the strengths and the weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, I know them. So if <laughs> so if if I uh, if if you look at the strengths. People with this profile, they're honest, direct, strong-willed, dutiful, responsible, calm, practical, uh, and they like to create order. That's correct for you? Yeah, I think that fits. Mm -hmm. So, um, as I told you, I, I need structure, I see structure, I mm -hmm. see where, where the structure uh, yeah, should be changed. And that's also, I think, what the problem is, uh, what, what I think it's uh, important for a leader uh, to... to uh, that the leader is responsible for the context, for the yeah. circumstances. So um, ISTJ doesn't say that uh, it needs to be a strong structure and a uh, strong organization, but yeah, I need an organization, as I yeah. also told you about the agile thing. I think you need some corner, uh, cornerstones uh, that you know, know what to do, and uh, that's, uh, that's my strengths. I also know my weaknesses, uh, so... Uh, I always seek for person, people around me who give me insight in my blind spots uh, mm -hmm. and then they give me feedback uh, where I did it uh, well and where I did it wrong. So, uh, yeah, I try to get this uh, feedback from, from other yep. MBTI types. So other are sometimes more creative people or more emotional, str uh, strong people and so on. So you try to complement uh, yourself with, uh, with, with the right people around you because your potential weaknesses are you could be stubborn. Yep. You could be always playing by the book, sometimes insensitive to uh, more emotional people um, and sometimes judgmental. Yeah. For example, uh, creativity is not my best thing. So... Mm -hmm. uh, in this area, for example, in the strategy, mm -hmm. I just ask the questions and I get the creativity out of yeah. my team. Okay. So, yeah. C could you give an example where you learned that complementarity is a strong thing in a team? Yeah, this was uh, the first merger. Uh, as you know, I'm in J, and uh, for me, it's very important to have an agenda for a meeting. Uh, and if you go out, you have tasks and milestones and responsibilities. Uh, and one of my colleagues, uh, didn't understand it at all, <laughs> that I want to have this uh, results. For him, it was very important that we had a good discussion. Yeah. So, uh, and when I made my MBTI and they give me this, oh, they're different types. Oh, it can be good that we have a discussion, yeah. only discussion without results. And that's, uh, now I understand this and uh, I, I don't love these meetings, but I understand them. So I just sit and... Uh, let it happen. Okay. Now, is there is there in, in your life a mantra that you live by? A personal mantra that guides you if you have to take tough decisions, for instance? Or Yes, indeed. Uh, there's one. If you want a rainbow, you have to deal with the rain. Mm -hmm. So, I love to learn. I love challenges. I love transformations. So, I love to step out of the comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Often it's fun, but sometimes it's really hard to step out of, of the comfort zone and then it rains. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but I understand as well in the nature that it has to rain. Mm -hmm. So, and if it rains, that's my analytical side. I just uh, try to reflect 
what uh, could I have done differently? Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, could I learn out of that? And when I have this uh, idea, then I discuss this idea with others. Then I make a plan and then they change for the future. Okay. Anke, you have a daughter, son-in-law, four grandchildren. Congratulations. What are the values that you want to pass on to them? Integrity and reliability. Mm -hmm. uh, you may know the book of Stephen Covey's Speed of Trust. Mm -hmm. uh, he st states clearly that uh, if you mistrust, uh, you have to pay taxes. And if you trust, you get dividends. Okay. So, uh, for example, you trust when you drink a cup of, co of coffee that it isn't poisoned. Mm -hmm. And if you don't trust, you have to test, uh, be tested. It has to be tested. And then you have to trust the tester. So, uh, and we trust in coffee. Mm -hmm. And that's the same in business. If you mistrust, uh, you have to have so many checkpoints. Uh, and you have to, yeah, always around your people and the culture will suffer. So, and if you trust your people, then you will give you dividends. One additional uh, comment, reasonable trust. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you don't trust your GP that is uh, able to physically replace your heart. So, reasonable trust. Uh, and that's the same for a project lead, for example. So, you, a junior project lead gets smaller projects uh, that he has time to learn, and go in his comfort zone and don't go directly in his uh, panic zone. Yep. So reasonable trust, give them the, the opportunity to learn mm -hmm. and help them if they uh, need your help. Okay. In your career and or in both in your professional life and your personal life, who are the people that you look up to and why? Uh, I had so many people in my life who helped me uh, and you need so many people in your life. Uh, but maybe just mention three. It's, uh, it's yeah, my first uh, mentor was Albert Heimpel. And then uh, this leader helped me through the merger. It was Klaus Rausch with this change management or Peter Leukert. Let me start with, with Albert Heimpel. It was very, that was very funny. Uh, and it was 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to be abrasive <laughs> and uh, once again, I just want to solve the problem uh, and he very gently uh, <laughs> took me at the collar of my blazer and pulled me back and said, Anke, look for the door. You don't have to go through the wall. <laughs> and he was really, really nice to me and um, I always remember when I... <laughs> start again uh, to be to, to be the pushy look for the door so and the other thing was this uh, this merger this this change program this uh, new leader uh, who gave me the first insight in change management mm -hmm. and leadership yeah. and that was uh, that was amazing or peter peter leukert uh, he was the ceo now the ceo of telecom he was the ceo of commerzbank when we made the merger uh, how intense and energetic uh, he goes for this merger. And what did you learn from him? Um, to have fun going, just go for it. And trust your people. Mm -hmm. You always trusted us. Okay. So now we come to the, um, the, the million dollar question. What was the best thing that ever happened in your life? The best thing in business that ever happened to my life uh, was my PhD. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I made my PhD 15 years, 20 years after I finished my, my bachelor. And it was a PhD in information management. It was a PhD in information management. Uh, and I worked for 15, 20 years and I thought, okay, something should be changed in my life. I want to uh, learn a little bit more. And I started working directly after high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had no students left. And I really thought, oh, I make my PhD and have some students left. Uh, that doesn't work out, didn't work out. So I had no student life. But I love to learn. I love to get all this information and put this information together. I really uh, improved my analytical skill. I love to talk to my colleagues uh, and put all this information together. And then... Uh, it was so great to deliver after two years uh, uh, my book, and that was uh, fantastic. I understand that for your PhD, you have interviewed 40 CIOs. Yeah. Um, what have you learned in there? What was your conclusions? And what was the starting idea of, of the research? And what was the, the end conclusions? Now, the starting idea of the research was uh, that CIOs are different uh, depending on their first education, what they learned first. So if it's engineers or economics or consultants. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the idea because I had three bosses with these different uh, skills and they reacted totally differently. Uh, but that wasn't the answer was after the this, class, <laughs> uh, this discussion uh, with uh, 40 people, 40 CIOs. The thing was, the difference was how old they are, how mature they are and the context uh, of, the, of the companies. So, uh, and then I learned two things out of that. So you have to work on the context. You really have to work on the context that uh, your people or a CEO is able to deliver uh, the thing the company needs. And the second thing is to listen carefully. That was a main task uh, in my PhD, to listen carefully and get out of this 1,000 pages <laughs> of transcript uh, interviews to get the information out of that. Yeah. That was the second thing uh, I learned. And your conclusions of the PhD was the, 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 the best CIOs or the, the, the methods that work best for a CIO really depend on, uh, or the methods that they use. That they use. It's really dependent on how experienced they are, how long that the CIO themselves is in the role, and then the context, the industry and the maturity of the, uh, of the organizations. So you would say a younger, less experienced CIO in a banking industry will comp use completely different methods than a more mature one in the in, in logistics industry. Yeah. I don't think complete different uh, yeah. methods, uh, but they use it uh, differently. So, uh, and I would say the same as I experience now. Uh, I'm mature now. <laughs> 30 years of experiences. I react in a different way as I uh, did 10 or 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's the same what I, what I uh, have seen in this, in, in this interviews. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's the one, one thing that you change your behavior, that uh, different things uh, getting more important. And the other thing is uh, the context. You can have a wonderful CEO who knows exactly what to do. Uh, he's able to form teams. If he is, uh, doesn't have the context, he has no chance 
or he can do an awful lot more yep. if uh, he gets the context uh, where he really can, can go for it. And that's the, also the thing I learned, what I try to give to my people, that's not, not only for CIOs, that they need mm -hmm. a context where they can uh, survive, or where they can succeed. Yeah. So my job is uh, to give them the best context I, I can do. Yeah. So would that also mean that your experience is 30 years in banks, it would be very difficult for you to succeed in, let's say, a, a production org, uh, uh, environment or logistics environment? Uh, I would say logistics can work <laughs> uh, because uh, it's a little like it's e economics. Um, this, uh, this warehouse. I always say pharmacy wouldn't work for me because I, I don't know pharmacy, but I really think that's totally different. Uh, so I think as a leader, you have to uh, have the knowledge to ask the right questions. No. I don't think that I can do it in every uh, context. Okay, so it needs to be close enough to your, your current comfort zone. And, it has to and be, no, it uh, doesn't have to be the same, but it is close yeah. to my experience. Okay, well, that makes sense. Good. Now, what was the worst thing that ever happened in, the, in, in your life and how did you deal with it? So I don't think that I really deal with it. <laughs> uh, the, the worst thing, and it happens again and again as, uh, oh, the first thing was when I realized that some leaders just want to deliver according to demand mm -hmm. and don't think that they're responsible for, for the people and don't think they're responsible for, for the company. They only think they're responsible for the, their department and, and their silo. Mm -hmm. um, and I always uh, try to give my people a, 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 a wider responsibility, that they are responsible for the company, that they are allowed to ask the right questions, not only for their departments, but also the overall questions uh, for, for the company. And it's pretty easy to do this in your department. Mm -hmm. So people love to ask questions. They love to be involved mm -hmm. and they change it. It takes time, half a year, a year. Uh, so you change your department, but then it becomes difficult because then your department changes and the change of your department changes the company. And so many people doesn't like this change. <laughs> they really uh, reject this change and, and stop this change. And that's very difficult for me all the time because I uh, push my people to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. They learn to ask the right questions. And when they sometimes go out of the department, uh, they said, go back. <laughs> they get setbacks. Uh, and that's, that, that's my biggest problems so what what can i do to this what can i do to help them through the valley of tears uh, what can i do against this resistance and this fear uh, so the easiest way would be to adopt so okay i just think about my silo and then everything's fine i would think so then this for me everything would be fine yeah. uh, but that isn't the best way for the company and isn't the best way for, for, for the people. So um, how do I deal with it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I just be resilient. I, I try it again. I try it again in different yeah. ways. Uh, so uh, because I'm so convinced that it's so important that you trust your people, you give them responsibilities and that they're allowed to ask the right yeah. questions. Does it have to do with, with, with company politics? Is, is that... A difficult thing and I mean in big organization big banks politics is that holding companies back uh, it's a power game 
absolutely, it's a power game, and you always have this power game. Uh, if you automize, normally you need more IT guys mm -hmm. and less manufacturers. Yeah. So. And in banks, <laughs> you have more uh, leaders who are responsible for the manufacturers. Yeah. So they don't like this change. I understand that they don't like this change, but they don't accept. That's yeah. for me a totally different uh, thing uh, to understand and to accept, but don't accept it because I really think that's a big, big problem for the banks if they don't have this change done. But that's probably also a bit the role of a CIO in a bank is to make them aware of the changes that are coming and, and that the technology is completely transforming business as it, as, as it was. Yep. And so the, it's the role of the CIO to use the alarm bell and say, we need to make the changes, otherwise we will not survive as a, as so a company. Therefore, uh, I don't like this digital transformation mm -hmm. phrase uh, because then so many people think that's IT related. That CIO has to do, the CDO has to do. I love this industrialization. You have to start with the business model. You have to start uh, with standardization, uh, modernization, and then automize, not the other way around. Yeah. So, but that's, uh, that's too close to there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the difficulty of a CIO in the bank. I think so, yes. Okay. What is it that you fear most and what is it that you love most? Uh, so I have a wonderful family, as mm -hmm. you already mentioned, uh, colleagues and, fr and friends. Uh, they are my solid ground. Uh, mm -hmm. So, okay, maybe uh, what I fear is to lose them. That's, uh, that's my biggest fear, to lose mm -hmm. them. So uh, what I really love to do, what I really love to do is uh, to, to have big challenges, uh, to have a wonderful team mm -hmm. uh, and to go for, the, for this challenge. And, and uh, I love to have a sparring, I love to have discussing, I love to uh, wrecking your brains for, for the best argument. Yeah. Uh, and then when we did this, uh, the team says, okay, that's our year, we go for that. Okay, very cool. Now, let's, we're coming to the end of this conversation. Um, uh, these videos are being watched by future digital leaders, future CIOs. What would your advice be? If you look back and where you were 15 years ago and where you are now, what, what do you think future digital leaders need to know and, and, and to do? I think uh, digital know-how is mandatory. So you, you have to know the technology. You have to know the technology of today and for the future. I also think it's mandatory to understand the business. So um, if you go in this business, you have to understand uh, this business. So logistics or banking or pharmacy. So that's mandatory. But mm -hmm. I think essential is the leadership skills, the leadership and moderation skills that you are able to put this knowledge together and make it happen. Yeah. And make it happen, it's only uh, you need a team for and you need a team that is able to work together and to love to succeed. Okay. And with that, Anke, thank you so much for your time and for coming over. And I really enjoyed this conversation and all the best to you. Thank you. Thank you.